Red Top Pod episode one. I'm super excited to get to do this. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be doing them every Friday. I'm hoping to have one up, maybe a little rocky at first. If you'll follow us on Instagram, uh, it's just at the Red Top. Uh, you'll get you'll get some updates on when when the podcasts are coming out. But for now, we're shooting for every Friday. My name's Connor. I've been working at this shop now for three years, and I'm now full-time. So if I haven't met you yet, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll be here a lot. So if you come in and I'm here, make sure you come by. Say hi. Maybe maybe we'll get you set up. I'll give you some secret spots. Probably not, but who knows. Um, lucky enough, I get to fish all three aspects of the fisheries here uh, on the Cape. Uh, I do have a boat, so... I get to fish out there, you know, do some stripers. I'm definitely trying to get into the whole offshore tuna thing. Hasn't gone too well yet, but we'll see what this year brings. Uh, I do enjoy fishing the surf with Ian, strapping up in wetsuits, swimming out to rocks, doing all that crazy stuff that the young kids do these days. Uh, I also fish the canal a little bit just because, you know, it's, it's so close to work and it is an iconic spot here on the Cape to fish. And there are plenty of big fish in there right now. As Connor mentioned, I'm Ian. I'm your other host. I love to fish the surf and the canal. I've been fishing the canal since a very young age with my grandfather, and I got into the surf scene last year, and it's been a blast there on since. And the canal this year, it's been great. Phenomenal, actually. We've seen 30 to 40 pound class fish earlier than we've seen them in years, if not ever. And with great numbers of all your slot size to 20 pound fish as well mixed in. And then the surf as well has been phenomenal this year. There are plenty of fish out there. Uh, I personally have been getting big number nights, no real size yet, but a lot of fish. I know other guys that have been getting very big fish out of the surf and also having huge number nights. And it's been a great year from the fact that we already have fish in the North shore guys up there are already crushing good size fish. And I'm going to, I'm going to preface first. I'm going to try not to laugh here, but I'm going to preface. Ian has a little bit of a stutter. So this is taking us a little longer than expected. So we're fighting through it. I'm making him do some breathing, kind of getting it out of him so we can break him in, get him used to the pod and talking, even though, we all know, if you've ever talked to Ian, he loves to talk. Out on the boat this year, uh, I've been lucky enough. We've been we've been chasing these fish from Vineyard Sound all the way up into the west end of the canal. Um, specifically, you know, that, that big notorious dock bite that everyone's used to. Uh, definitely is a little trickier this year just because, you know, these fish are pretty pressured by anglers out on the boats. Um, a lot of people know about it. A lot of people know about the lure. So if you can, your best bet is going to be find live bait, get it out there, and you'll be much more successful, which truly is the, you know, the tale of lures versus live bait. And I think it's, it's really going to show this year just because these fish coming through Buzzards Bay are very pressured and, you know, definitely on their way through trying to push through the canal and get up north. Um, and I do want to touch on the little cinder worm thing because I did run into it a little bit in Falmouth uh, when I was fishing down there. 
So past couple of weeks, we've had that cinder worm hatch going on, which, you know, these, these cinder worms or blood worms are coming up out of the mud just because it's getting a little bit warmer out. And this time of year, you know, the stripers will start to feast on them, gorge on them. And this year, there's been a lot of fish washing ashore. Um, you know, it looks like they almost have like holes in their stomach and very gruesome graphic things that we won't get into. But the Department of Fish and Wildlife looked into it, did some research, and it was actually caught directly caused by the cinderworm hatch. So what was happening is once these fish, you know, saw that the worms were out, they were gorging themselves on them. And it became just a feeding frenzy that went a little too far. You know, the fish were bloated. They actually, you know, it was reported that, you know, the cinder worms were actually stuck in the gills of the fish, suffocating them. And it, it does make sense that they came out and said that it was the cinder worm simply because it so far it only looks like predatory fish were affected, you know, uh, eels and stripers specifically. Moving into the canal a little bit more, give you guys some more info. Um, last year I decided, you know, jigging's a little much, gets crowded, losing stuff, wasting money. I know we've all been there. So this year I'm focusing mainly on top water. Uh, I'm using a 13 foot rain shadow with a Daiwa Emblem Pro. So if you see a guy out there casting across the canal, you know, it's most likely me. Uh, and I apologize now if you're fishing across from me because. You know, maybe I like your plug a little more than mine. Try and grab it from you. For those that come consistently to the shop, uh, we all know that Connor still has not hooked a fish from the canal. From the shore. From, from the, shore. the shore, all right? I'm getting them on the boat. And if you say boat fish don't count, it's just because you can't afford a boat. And, yeah, well, there's that. Uh, I personally am going to go with Connor's way. I want to stick to more top water. Stay away from the jigging, especially the crowded areas. If I can find my own little hole to jig, I'll jig that. But as of now, I am using a Surf Heavy 2 and a Nano, both by Black Hole. And I'm using two 14,000 Saragossas. And going into lures that most, if not all, canal fishermen have or should have. Uh, starting off with the rocket, super versatile lure. Uh, they go from the three and a half ounce all the way up to the 5.8 guys will jig them guys will swim them. Uh, and if you work it fast enough, you can use it as a pencil for all the gentlemen that, and ladies that jig the canal. We have the fish lab soft Mac. It's been the most productive jig in the canal for the past. I don't know what two years two now. years now two years now uh we we can't keep them on the shelves so if you do need them i would come by grab them um you know the the podcast definitely is not going to be a you gotta come in and buy this type of thing we really want to have a lot of fun with it but if you want fish labs you have to buy them while we have them because i'll tell you what the numbers that guys come in and grab it is insane how effective these jigs are this time of year. And for that matter, the whole season. Uh, next up, we got bucktails. Bucktails are great. Uh, similar to Fish Lab, you jig them, but you can also swim them. Uh, bucktails are, can be a lot more effective with the smaller bait around, especially silver sides and peanut bunker in the fall. 
one of my personal fall time favorites. Uh, we also got the Wally's three ounce pencil, one of my personal favorite plugs as well. Cast great, float, you can work them super slow. Great all around plug. Yeah, and this time of year for the pencils, um, you know, the, the Wonder Bread color when the herring are around are pretty good. Um, it's what I find most effective for those of you. Who, whoa, I'm going to stutter instead of Ian right now. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Wonder Bread is, basically it's, it's just a white base with, you know, yellows and blue kind of spots on them. Um, just kind of mimicking those, you know, blue back herring and green back herring. So there's somebody just hit the bike rack out front. And I just want to note that because if you're the person who hit the bike rack, I don't know how you do it because it happens every day. After that, we have the Sabeel, now Berkeley Magic Swimmer. Uh, most guys will throw them in the biggest size in the white. And it's a very effective lure. It doesn't cast well at all. Casts like a flip-flop, which sucks, but super effective other than that. Yeah, and other other essential gear that that you're definitely going to want make your life easier on the canal, make it easier on the fish. Um, starting off, you know, we got we got cold mornings right now. I think I don't know this morning. Well, we're recording 35. this the day before, so Thursday morning was 35, 36 degrees, like Ian said. So you definitely don't want to get any cuts, um, especially from braid. So you're going to want a finger guard. Um, there's two kinds. There's an Aquaskins or a Gamagatsu. Basically, all it is, a little strap that goes around your wrist and a little glove for your casting finger. Um, one size fits all, you know, lefty, righty, doesn't matter. Grab one of these, protect yourself. You do not want a cut, especially a deep one from braid this kind of, this time of year. Um, you're also going to want a surf bag. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more functional than just tackle bags in... You know, your backpack, um, the best part with these is, you know, you, you can throw them on your shoulder. Some of them come with backpack straps, and there are plenty of options when it comes to them. Um, you know, there's, there's six tubes. There's one single tube. So, you know, if you want to have a big bag, leave in your car and just grab the essentials and head down to your spot. That way you're not lugging your 60-pound jig bag. You can definitely get away with that. Um, but if you want to, you know, carry everything, make sure you got... You got one lure for every fish you're going to catch that morning or maybe, you know, every species you're going to get. There's definitely options for that as well. Um, the, the last two things that are going to be extremely important more for the fish and yourself are pliers and fish grips, uh, whether it be a boga or just the orange fish grips. Something to grab onto the bottom lip of that fish just so, you know, you, your hand's not in there with the fish swinging around, you know, hooks everywhere. I don't think anyone wants to uh, either, you know, do a hook surgery on themselves because it's not pretty. I've tried it or go to the hospital because, you know, a hook in the hand will will end your morning. Um, the pliers are super essential. You definitely want to make sure you get a good pair. Um, you know, it's going to make pulling those hooks out a lot easier than just sitting there, you know, muscling it with your hands, trying to get that hook out. And. More on handling the fish. If you can, get the hook out while you're leaving this fish in the water. Um, it's an ideal scenario. Obviously, some spots it's a little tricky to do while you're out on the canal. You know, those, those rocks are dangerous. 
So if you do have to get the fish up and out of the water, just make it quick. You know, we get it. You catch a big fish. You want to take a picture. All of us do too. But make it quick. You know, get that fish in the water. Make sure you revive it. You exhausted it from the fight. So, you know, give it a minute, hold on to its tail, move it back and forth in the water and make sure that fish is strong right before you send them back. Because we don't want to see fish floating down the canal again this year like we have in previous years. And the three different ways to fish the canal, um, it's it's pretty basic, pretty easy. You know, you can work the top of the water column with that, you know, three ounce wallies like Ian pulled out a couple minutes ago. Um, the middle of the water column you can hit that with the magic swimmer. Um, guys love it. You know, those mackerel coming through the canal are normally cruising just subsurface. So the magic swimmer is definitely a good choice when it comes to that, you know, mimicking those, those bait fish swimming on top. And last and personally not my favorite is you can go out and you can jig the bottom. It is tricky. The canal god, she loves taking her donations, especially when it comes to jigging. I have lost a lot of money in jigs, as I'm sure all of you have. Um, and it's just not, it's not amazing to me, but it's extremely effective, you know, with those soft max, the bucktails, whatever, whatever you decide to bounce off those rocks, get ready, get ready to lose it. Make sure you have multiple and it is an extremely good method to catch fish. And something that Connor didn't touch on is a good canal bike. Uh, not just any bike and just send it down the canal with your rod hanging off your handlebars and plug bag over your shoulder, swinging around, losing plugs on the way down to a new spot. It's uh, lots of guys love the women's bikes. Super easy to step through, especially when you wear waders. So you're not pulling a hammy, trying to step over a higher frame bike. Also putting a basket on the rear is super helpful whether you keep a fish put all your gear in there attach a couple pvc pipes so you can stick your rods in there bike down the canal and some guys like myself do like a front basket so i can keep a couple more things on the bike so i'm not trying to stuff everything into the back two baskets and i'm trying to eat a little sandwich because we've been here for about two hours trying to do this but if you see a nut job on a longboard cruising down the canal with a rod, sometimes he's using it to, you know, push him along on the longboard. It's probably me. So, you know, steer clear because I'm coming through and I'm coming through hot. I don't, I don't do bikes. I, you know, my car, I don't have a, I don't have a rack on the back anymore. I just bought a new car. So I'm flying through on the longboard and I'm not stopping. I'm getting a loose fish and I'm going to beat you to him. And if you're new here or new to the canal in general, a great beginner setup would be a BG5000 and a Trophy 2, 10.6, 3 to 8 ounce. You can do everything with that setup. Pair it up with some 40-pound braid. You can jig. You can plug on it. You can throw your swimmers. You can do a little bit of everything on it. And it's great, too, because you can turn those bigger fish in the current. And you also have the comfortability of throwing heavier jigs when needed because on those moon tides, that current rips through there and five, six ounces sometimes is not enough. Yeah, especially on these these moon tides we have coming up, you know, that water is going to be moving a lot faster. And you know, it's a lot faster. The tides are a lot more drastic. So don't be afraid to, you know, bump up to, 
you know, the, the seven, eight ounce jigs, if you're not sticking the bottom with the five, but definitely make sure your gear is going to be able to hold up. Um, and, you know, with, with these tides, specifically, if we see a strong east tide in a morning, um, I would suspect that the canal is going to fish very well because there are, like I said earlier, a plethora of fish in Buzzards Bay. And that strong east tides, not only it's going to suck the bait through, and those fish are going to be quick behind them to follow them. And, and it's definitely going to cause maybe, you know, some kind of canal blitz, some kind of something is going to happen. But I think we're going to see good fishing in the next couple of days here. As Connor just mentioned, I was lucky enough to fish the whole week of the full moon tides that we had last week which many of you that have heard, or if you haven't heard, was great for six days straight. We had top water bite. We had a swimmer bite. We had a jig bite. It was the whole nine yards. Plenty of big fish, bigger fish than we've ever seen, at least I've ever seen, go through the canal this early. Uh, we saw 30 to 40-pound class fish littered throughout the whole canal. Um, great bite and it's still going on today um the fish have just haven't left the canal as connor said the strong east tide the week of the full moon sucked a ton of fish out and through so those fish are racing up north finishing their migration and with more strong east tides coming up soon i suspect that we could have another great week in the canal yeah and you know tomorrow is is friday this will go up at about at about 8 a.m I'm hoping, really hoping that I can get out there and not only get my first fish from shore, but get my first fish on this 13-footer because I had gotten it um, a little later in the season last year. And, you know, I don't know if anybody listening has fished a 12- or 13-foot rod, but I'm only 5'11", maybe 6-foot, depends who asks. And it is something to get used to. So... We'll see what happens in the morning. You know, I we'll see. I'm going with Ian. If I outfish Ian uh, on the next podcast, I will have a surprise, maybe a giveaway, maybe who knows? I don't know what we'll decide to do. But tomorrow morning, May, what will it be? 19th, May 19th, if Connor Swartz outfishes Ian Lumsden. Something great is going to happen to you guys. And, you know, the better I do fishing, the better you guys are going to do because we're going to hook you guys up and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll see, you know, it's it's going to be a weird weekend. You know, we have a new moon tomorrow night, I believe. Yeah. I don't know, actually. I think it's tomorrow or tonight. So I'm hoping, you know, that'll push fish through. And we'll see what happens. I know this week we had a, a gentleman come into the shop, actually. And for those of you who don't know, we do a, a sticker brigade for the catch and release anglers. Um, AJ was actually back here in a meeting, and, and I keep the stickers in the office. And he came in and said, oh, you know, I, I caught a fish a couple hours ago. Could I get a sticker? I was like, yeah, yeah I got I to see the picture. 
Uh, we prefer you have the fish measured. Uh, it is in the rules, but obviously, you know, with the quick handling of things, if you can get the fish, you know, a picture of the fish in here, we're, we're pretty flexible with it. So I had, I had texted AJ. I said, I need a 50-inch sticker. And his immediate response was, oh, there's no way you need a 50-inch sticker. Like, that's ridiculous. So I, I sent him the picture. The picture will actually be out on our our fishing report the same time this podcast comes out. And this fish was absolutely enormous. Like I said earlier, the, to, to have this class of fish this early, like pre-new moon in May, early, like pre-May 20th is silly to have this type of fish in the canal. We're even having 30 to 40 pound fish and reports of even some 50s in this, Cape Cod this, Bay already. This fish, honestly, it's it's pushing 50 pounds. I think the uh, the kid's name was Kevin. Um, his name will be in the report. But if you know Kevin, make sure you tell him congrats. Because honestly, looking at this fish right now, I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying that that is at least a 48-pound fish. Um, something incredible to see this time of year, like Ian said. Because usually we are uh, we're, we're sitting around waiting for that new moon in June. Um, historically, it's been the, the third and fourth day after that new moon in June where, you know, we've seen some really big fish push through. Not only big fish, but a lot of them. So it, it is very nice to see them here you know, very early, but I'm also interested in seeing, you know, our water temperatures were a little warmer this year. Fish showed up early. I wonder what's going to happen when, you know, you know, mid July hits and that water temperature is really up. I wonder if, if the fish will hold in Cape Cod Bay, maybe off of Plymouth like last year, or if we'll see them, you know, re return up to Provincetown where the water's a little colder, a little deeper. And, you know, guys will have to make the trek. I think we're already seeing a little bit of that. Where instead of cutting left up to Plymouth, we are seeing fish over on Billingsgate. I'm not sure the size of them, but I know I've gotten reports from some charter guys that they're doing very well over there. And um, also the Outer Cape last year started to pick up from years previous. So we could have a great year on the Cape. Hopefully, because that's my area. That's where I grew up fishing. I think that's definitely, if anybody listening knows very well how to fish the Outer Cape, um, other than Ian, because sometimes he's annoying to fish with, I need somebody to teach me the Outer Cape. Um, I had the, the pleasure of fishing with Matt from On the Water the other night. And uh, for those of you who... Who don't know him that well? He's from Long Island, so and he said, you know, the Outer Cape fishing reminds him a lot of the Long Island fishing. So I do definitely want to get a little bit more familiar with it. I don't live on the Cape; I live off Cape, uh, about a half an hour away. So, you know, I've never been been driven to make that hour and a half hour ride out there to do it. But I think this year I, I definitely want to get into that a little more because I think there's, there's going to be some hidden gems out there that I don't know about yet. That is one spot that we do not wear wetsuits because, as we all know, that dun, 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 plenty of sharks dun, dun, with the more seals out there too now. It's going to be dangerous, so don't be silly this year and don't be swimming on the Outer Cape, at least at night. 
Yeah, the the wetsuit thing last year, we we started it, and it was a pretty weird, weird thing to me. I don't like the fishing in the dark, let alone being in the water. So we had a we had a couple of good laughs. You know, you, you walk out there with your headlamp, and you see this rock with all this growth on it, and it just looks like it's ready to swallow you. And we had some we had some good laughs out there, um, in in the wetsuits. If if you haven't tried it, it's definitely something that I recommend. Um, just just make sure if you're doing it, you're going out with somebody and being safe about it, because it can get a little dangerous, like Ian said. Um, especially if you pick areas where you know there's there's great whites. We don't want we don't need the Jaws movie um, to be re refilmed anywhere near us anytime soon. I'd say you know when they did it on the vineyard, they did it right. As Connor said, just be safe. Check the currents. Check tides. Make sure you're not going to get sucked out. Make sure you do do a little practice before you actually do get out there. Because if you do end up falling into a deep hole or something, you want to make sure that you can turn yourself upright and ditch your gear if needed. It's not worth your life over some gear. Yes, the, definitely ditch your gear. It may be hard, you know, like like me and Ian. We, we have some... Some some pretty nice setups, and I think we, we both have that pretty good understanding that you know the, the gear is not worth your life. Um, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully this year, you know, we we have a very successful year just like last year, and and we hope all of you guys do too. And I'm glad we could we could start this podcast off. Um, I'm sure it's it's all over the place. You know, my ADHD is probably kicking in, but you know, as as we get some more episodes under our belts, they'll get a little better. We're going to have some guests on here for you guys. We're going to have some fun with it. And I think it's going to be a good experience, not only for us, because, you know, we'll, we'll get to create that good community with, with all the organizations on the Cape having to do with fishing. But I think it'll be a good experience for you guys, just because we're going to try to suck out some information from people. We're going to try and get some tips, tricks. Whatever you guys want, just comment on our Insta, message us on Instagram, Facebook, anything. We'll try to make it happen. Um, I'm hoping this this is successful, and I'm looking forward to it. So just like that, episode one is a wrap. I thank you guys for listening. We are going to keep the episodes pretty short, quick. Uh, I'm sure I said it already, but, you know, that, that 30, 45 minutes, quick episode, we're going to fill it with all the information we can. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.